Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech Athletics Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? We're so close, my man. We're getting there. Felt like fall Monday and Tuesday this week. Now it's for, back to Hell's Kitchen tomorrow. But just for a couple of days. It was a good. It was a good. Uh, a good appetizer. I didn't mean to to surprise you there. I had the intro started and I didn't realize you weren't hearing it when there was a certain <laughs> button. No, it was on Riverside. I was muted on Riverside, so you weren't hearing it until I unmuted that. I was like, oh. I'm a professional man. I just rolled surprise. with it. Yeah, just flawless. Yeah, um, the look of surprise. I forgot we were on video. It's okay. For those joining us. If you're not joining us live Tuesday nights on the 23 Personnel YouTube channel, join in on the discussion as we chop these things up live. 9.30-ish most Tuesdays. We will, No, it will be every Tuesday. We are going weekly from here on out. Tuesdays. Correct. And then Saturday nights post-game. Well, sorry. Saturday post game, we'll let you know day of when we'll be going post when we going live post game. But it's that time, Michael. It's football season. We are only talking football tonight, and only football until like November. So, if there was some kind of last minute breaking news for basketball or baseball, you'll have to wait. <laughs> Sorry, you won't find it here. You won't find it here. No, there are podcasts for you out there, but this ain't it. No, it is. This is the one you want, I promise. Just not if you're looking for basketball news in August. That ain't us. But football, AP poll, realignment, because of course, Michael, we recorded, and then two days later, <laughs> the Big 12 expanded by adding three more teams. So when we released our Colorado expansion episode, it was already a week behind adding Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. Yeah. I have some thoughts on that. But we hope you enjoyed the deep dive into Colorado (laughs) athletics progress since their Well, and Arizona, because at the time we recorded, it was, we were, we we thought it would be Arizona next and probably Arizona State. And we, I was lamenting the possibility of Utah. We'll do a little bit of a deep dive there on those schools uh, tonight. Season tickets for tech football, you're out of luck. They're sold out. Need single games or mini packs. 
Um, even to you, TCU fans, you are more than welcome to buy a ticket in Lubbock because RAD isn't a bitch. Because <laughs> um, we're not scared of you. Hot. We're not. We're not scared of you selling out our stadium. Um, Four minutes in, and just ready to roll. Fall camp started. We are a week and a half in. We've got a scrimmage in. We've got injury updates. I, I don't have them all, all on a list in front of you. Fairly healthy at this point going in. So um, I want to talk about returning production and how old this group is. We kind of mentioned it last time. I've got numbers for you this time. Uh, and then a quick update on um, Iowa State. Uh, it's just, it's like, it's just unfortunate that they find it's themselves. just a really, it's also a really bad year to not play Iowa state. Oh yeah, I know. So just, selfishly, selfishly to look at it that way. Yeah. If, okay, really quickly, who would you, who would you swap out on the schedule for Iowa state this year? We play Kansas, don't we? No, that doesn't make sense. We play if we're just State. looking for another win. Yeah, I know we play K-State. I'd almost swap out K-State. But I want I want to play them because they, uh, they're they a really good football team. My first thought was UCF. Really? You're already like, eh, let's just not worry about the newcomer coming to and town. And it's not that I don't, I don't want to like, I don't want to find something there. I do. Um. Oh, I know who mine would be. Go ahead, though. But I think, like, of the newcomers coming in, they may be the best poised to to make the transition and 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 be competitive. And I may be downplaying that. They may be they may be pretty competitive this year. Um, I just I'd rather I'd rather play Iowa State, and even if that means beating them while they're down, you do this to yourself. I think sure. I would swap them with Houston. Ah, there you go. That's not that bad. would be my choice. You don't want to yeah. play Donovan Smith? Yeah, I'm not looking forward to all the storylines on that. I mean, I don't think there's really going to be any bad blood, but ESPN Plus or whoever has that broadcast is sure going to generate some. I wonder if uh, that grad assistant that shouldered him uh, in the fourth quarter on the sideline, if they've made up. If he's still there. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. They, he, yeah. he was, he was defended, I think, at least because he, he had a job at the end of the day, end of the day, end of the week after it happened. Cause it was caught on, on camera, maybe even spat at him. He had a very strange oh, gosh. body movement that would, you would think somebody like forcefully spitting at somebody would make that movement. But it was also, he looked kind of douchey. So maybe he was just like doing the little shoulder pump thing that people do, like get some. I hope Donovan Smith just is like anonymous, anonymously putting, you know, super soft two ply toilet paper rolls in his locker every now and then, or just on his car, or just cupcakes, just putting cupcakes somewhere, just, just something to just kind of rattle him, keep the kid on his toes. Yeah, who's doing this? Who's who's leaving cupcakes on my car? Who's what's what's with the toilet paper? What am I soft? Is that what you're saying? Who's doing this? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know who it could be. No telling. 
not the D one athletes you tried to clock on the sideline last year. Definitely not that. It wouldn't be wouldn't be him. Yeah. Who's now on your team? So who's now on your team? Uh, so yeah. who, who is who is on the bus with you? Rode the bus. So all that uh, and what do we learn? Because we we learn something every day, every week. Because we are all the time journeying towards enlightenment. Michael, beautiful. You want to just jump into, into football? Just do it. Just go yes, ahead. Okay. absolutely. I don't even know if do we, do you want to do the thing? Well, yeah, I'm gonna do the thing. I'm gonna do the thing. I just, I just like, I don't. I wanna... do the thing. Okay. No, there's nothing else. We're good. Let's roll. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. A pump thing. And over the middle. It is caught. It's Martinez. Nehemiah. Touchdown. Crossing pattern. There it is. Miles Price. He's got room. Down the sideline. Miles and miles and miles. 54 yards. A touchdown. Look at the end zone. Bradley. He's got it. What a start for Texas Tech. And handed off Brooks. Finds the hole. Brooks up the middle. And he's gone. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Uh, Daniels will go to the throw. Looking towards the end zone. It is Smith. And it's intercepted. Adrian Taylor Demerson. Morton runs it over the middle. And it's caught. Bradley breaks a tackle. Sprints in the end zone. And touchdown, Texas Tech. Shot. Winds up the deep ball. Sideline. Caught. Touchdown, Raider. 
the senior moment. <laughs> Gabriel. And is it picked off? It is. Dagrian Taylor Deverson somehow rips away an interception. Designed quarterback run. Yes. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Looking for a punch. I was trying to find his name because I can't remember anybody's name. It's not Joe Davis. Uh, that play-by-play guy that we had for the Texas, the, the Tech, Tech Oklahoma game, growing on me, man. I like him. I can look that up. I I, I was there trying was a, to. There's I a. I just can't remember where to find it. There's an announcer schedule. Twitter account that I follow that I really like because I usually try to they announce every morning on college football Saturday which is coming very soon they announce every morning who's doing every game so a lot of times I'll retweet that because I'm always interested in who it is and I'm sure there's places you can find it beforehand but that's just been the the most uh, you know the place that I check the most often and they usually put them up by order so you know, if you see a, if you, if you know, we have a six o'clock kickoff and they just posted a five o'clock kickoff time, then they know they're going to post yours pretty soon. Anywho, <laughs> I need to, <laughs> I don't know if I could find that on the fly. Well, so I found a programminginsider.com. I just wish they had like, okay, I'm on week seven. I want a different week. How do I get to a different week? You just tell it. You say, I know, but. Hey, hey, Google, let's put it on week seven. So I wanted to see, because I, I, this is the first time I've actually clicked it, but I saw that Texas Tech didn't make the top 25 in the AP rankings. Okay, so let's start with, uh, let's start with... Uh, Which is shocking. AP poll. It's just I- shocking. Well, what was it? Was it the uh, the end of year or the the summer preseason? It, it was a preseason AP poll that they came out and they were like 18th or 19th, right? Well, I don't even know if it was an was it an AP poll or was it just like that Brett Brett McMurphy guy? Was it just was it no, just some guy? No, so the the one from McMurphy, I think you're thinking of is is like it was his ballot for the AP. Oh, maybe so. Okay. I know like last week, everybody and their mom released their, their ballots. And I, I was like, Hey, should we release ours? And it was kind of a joke because, um, well, it, it wasn't really a joke. I just, if we we're going to do that, I need to know beforehand because I had, when I, when I hit submit, I don't get a copy of it. <laughs> so, oh. so you got to uh, screenshot Eric it. Collins and Devin Gardner. I like Eric Collins. Okay. All right. Well, maybe, maybe Eric's going to get 
moved up the pecking order. He'll he get that twenty three P bump. He's on Fox Sports, FS1. Uh, so I don't want to be on FS1. No. <laughs> but maybe maybe he'll be on Big Fox. Maybe we'll make a big nooner. Well, but see, Big Fox should be Joe Davis. Oh, that's a different you you're right. You're totally right. And that that that's my man. Well, no, hold on, hold on. Big Fox is Gus. Yes. Um the big nooner would be Gus. But I think the next big Fox game, I don't, I don't know if that's the, the the afternoon or the night game is Joe Davis. And he's my fave. He's my number one. I want to know. Okay, so eight people. Texas Tech, uh, not the top 25, essentially 26th. They were first and others receiving votes. Um, any surprises besides Texas being at 11 for always underperforming? I, I mean, Tulane clocking in at 24. That's that's pretty great. I mean, they had an excellent year last year. I'm not saying they shouldn't be 24, but I'm surprised that they are because AP voters typically have a short memory. Do you have a problem? And just go back to brands. So yeah, Tulane 24 is probably my surprise. Um, not that they don't deserve it, but that they actually got the votes. Do you have any problems with uh, teams being ahead of Tech that Tech defeated, especially into the year, like Oklahoma and Ole Miss being 2022? Well, Ole Miss didn't want to be there, Spencer. You know, it's documented. SEC teams that lose bowl games didn't want to be there. So that I, I think that's... Does that come for Oklahoma as well? I think you have to sign a waiver. <laughs> well, Oklahoma get that gets a mulligan. Already? They get a mulligan for that. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Oklahoma is 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 OU. They're, they're Oklahoma. Oh, right, so right. They, they get the... the clip. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're there. So th- that's just how that works. I do really appreciate that Kansas State is one spot above TCU. <laughs> I think that might be my favorite little bit of drama on this entire thing. Kansas State clocking in at 16, TCU at 17. Because there's been so much Twitter drama back and forth between the two purple teams. Oh, well, but we beat you in the in the regular season. Well, but we won the most big. Yeah, but you just won the championship. Yeah, but we won the championship. It's like, okay, guys, come on. Also, how entertaining is it to see a team that participated in the national title game come into the next season 17th? I was surprised they're ranked because that national title game was just. Well, they just. Yeah, so they got hammered. That was rated R. That was like (laughs) NC-17 on my TV. Like it, it just got past the point of. Of, of enjoyable or even for me, even I mean, was this like a, a, Oppenheimer a level con- uncomfortable? <laughs> like, ugh, I don't know if my kids should be watching this. You know, I've never seen this movie, but um, I would as I would assume it's it, it approached Passion of the Christ levels of uncomfortable because I've heard that that gets really intense and almost needlessly so. Not needlessly, I'm sure it makes a point. I saw it and when it came out in the theaters. Was it was it a lot? I was like in seventh grade. <laughs> oh. Like it was, yes, it was it was intense. Yes, it was a it lot. It was intense. Um has anyone seen Bone Tomahawk? Never even heard of that one. I, I talked about that recently on on the Discord, which y'all can join by the way. Go to the gambling gauchos twitter.com, join their Patreon, and you can be in the Discord and you can hear me talk about Bone Tomahawk. But anyway, not hear me. I don't talk on there. But see you read you i don't even want to tell you it, I, i'll say this it's it's a it's a really cool western 
with Kurt Russell and um, Matthew Fox, who was on Lost. And there's a couple other actors I'm completely blanking on right now, but they're people you'd recognize and know. Probably 2014-ish, something like that. 2015, look at you. Ah, there we go. And it's it's based on, uh, I think some people are being abducted, abducted by some of the Native American population in the area. And then there's kind of a supernatural cult thing going on with Patrick the Wilson. people doing the abducting. Oh, yeah, Patrick Wilson. It's like, man, I knew there was another guy in there that I recognized. So anyway, there's a scene at the very end that is a, real, a ritualistic thing that the people who are doing the abducting perform on someone, and it is brutal and intense. So basically a lot like the third and fourth quarter of Georgia TCU. So those Utah that are 14, uh, well, sorry, <laughs> was, go ahead. I was going to go back to the movie. Uh, those that are familiar with, um, oh, I'm blanking on those, those horror movies that Rob Zombie directed. Like Hills Have Eyes. House of a Thousand Corpses or something. Yeah. Though those movies, Sid Haig is also in Bone Tomahawk. Uh, he was the, he was a clown character in those <laughs> movies. <laughs> Get Get out of my head with that. I want. I want. Oh, to oh, hold on. Let me. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna share a picture then. I mean, go ahead and creak my chair a whole bunch. Sid Haig. What was the Captain Spaulding? That's his character name. You're gonna. It's love almost this. spooky season. No, oh, man. It's almost spooky season. So the creaky chair just kind of fits. Devil's Rejects, House of a Thousand Corpses, Three from Hell. That means it's almost Oktoberfest season too, which is my favorite seasonal beer. All right, here we go. Share. Which means they probably have it in stores already, and it's going to be sold out before September, which is annoying. Here you go. Oh, boy. Real time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So, there you go. Yeah. It's pretty intense. In circus tents. Speaking of tents, really quickly, uh, we... We camped out in our backyard last night because of the weather, and we had this. We have this bucket list of things we want, activities we want to do this summer. Go camping was the last one we had. We kept trying to find like a good weekend to go do it, and just kept getting hotter and hotter and hotter. Like we may have missed it, and then we got this perfect, almost last night of the summer. It was fantastic. It was great. I bought this new ten-person cabin tent, which was ginormous, and we loved it. Um. Anyways, not to get not to get too ahead, but the grass looked excellent. I saw the I saw oh. the Facebook photos. Thanks. Really good looking yard. Are, are you surprised? Let's be honest. No, no, I'm just throwing it out there. That the man practices what he preaches. It's it's visible. It's visible from space. The green of that yard. Uh, this is the grass that will not stay green while everybody else isn't going brown. I was able to accomplish that because I had a I had fescue and everybody else had bermuda i've got bermuda now but that that, that was a pretty that was a pretty pretty just i loved it little flex i had the satellite picture of the neighborhood i had the green yard yeah okay 
Um, I have just slight outrage factor in that Ole Miss and <laughs> okay. Oklahoma are ahead of us. We, we kind of already talked about it. Uh, you are close, though. That, like, there is a pretty big gap between 24 Tulane and 25 Iowa in terms of points for the voter system, whatever. Um, there's a like 100 points that separate 24 and 25 when there's three points that separate 23 and 24. But you're 30 points behind Iowa, so you're really close. Another 30 points, South Carolina. Um, others receiving votes, UCLA, UTSA, Arkansas, Boise State, Pitt, Kentucky, Louisville, Troy, Kansas. So that was funny. Auburn, Minnesota, Kansas, getting more points in the AP poll than Auburn. Minnesota, Toledo, Duke, Mississippi State, Florida, Illinois, Baylor. There again, Kansas getting more votes than Florida. Uh, Baylor, Coastal Carolina, South Alabama, NC State, James Madison, Liberty. The, Georgia looks like it's just going to run the league this year. Yeah, it does look that way. So Georgia had 61st place votes while Michigan had two. Ohio State and had number one. three, number three, Ohio State had one. I, I'm kind of figured I, another surprising thing. I thought someone would put Alabama at number one just because that's the same reason Oklahoma's on this list is because they're called Oklahoma. And so I'm kind of surprised that Alabama didn't get a first place vote. Um, yeah, I mean, not a lot to really get up in arms with here. And it's it's the first I, AB Bowl of the year, right? It's not like yeah, it's it's they they really don't mean anything until about November anyway. The AB Bowl so really never really matters. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's like the points on whose line it is it. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, the points don't matter. Uh, so realignment, let's, 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 let's move to there because we talked about it yes. two weeks ago. Colorado, like, oh, Colorado's here. Who's next? Arizona, Arizona State, Utah. Well, apparently every damn body's next. We're the big 16 now. Yeah. The AC um, Sace. Um, I initially was excited. Like, I like, yeah. I like the, the, the grouping here. Adding these four schools, I, I think... Um, it it puts you in a, in a position now where it's like your league probably most likely won't be poached by the ACC when and if and when they ever get their media deal figured out from like five more years. Um, and like the SEC and the Big Ten may can't cannibalize the ACC when it comes back to it. So like it may be Big Ten, SEC, and Big Twelve left standing after all this crumbles and you were only able to do that because you did grab West Virginia, not West Virginia, Houston, Cincinnati, <laughs> UCF and BYU. You solidified your, your, your position um, when things were looking shaky. So your mark, you know, secured the foundation only by doing such was he able to then go and sell it to Colorado who had the, the stones to jump first um, Arizona state, man, get your S together, dude. Like we just saved you from nothing. And they're still complaining about they, the, at least their, their administration is complaining about, uh, travel. And we're never, we're never going to Morgantown. Like that, that's beneath us. Like you want to, you want to beneath us, beneath you, uh, falling off into the Pacific ocean and playing in the West coast conference against 
Pepperdine. Yeah, go win yeah. that league. Yeah, and 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 thump your chest about. Go play the waves. How great you are! The the gauchos of UC Santa Barbara will put together a, a intramural football team to play you. You can go play them. Um, we saved you from that that hellhole. You're welcome. Also, you suck right now. You're not gonna you're not gonna come in and like dictate anything. Uh, you are getting a full share, which you know you're welcome. Um, I don't know. It's fine. Whatever. We probably needed to, to, to do that to sell it. I was hesitant about adding Utah because of how their fans reacted. Apparently, behind closed doors, Utah was up there in terms of like um, motivation and uh, the workings behind the scenes to join the Big 12. They they had their applications, all the all, all stuff they needed in place ready to go. Uh, maybe even ahead of Arizona, who we thought was next after Colorado. Um, so Utah at least gets points for being enthusiastic and ready to go and seeing the sinking ship that was the the Pac-12 uh, and ready to, to jump out. Arizona State, now I couldn't care less. You could, you, you're welcome, but, you know, you could just shrivel up and die for, for all I care. I feel like this, all of this realignment just makes me more and more cynical the, the crazier it gets and the more towards, you know, three or four super conferences we had, um, you know, playing a team in your conference once every or, or twice every six years or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. It's going to be weird. I, I don't like, there's a lot of it. I don't like, uh, you know, I kind of was reveling in the fact when we last recorded how the Pac-12 was, particularly the people who write about them, were getting some comeuppance uh, on on how wrong they were and how completely out of touch they were and maybe how out of touch the administration they were talking to were or quote-unquote talking to. So I enjoyed that, but, man, I feel like, I had a really, that was a really good piece of cheesecake. And then someone made me eat like nine other pieces of cheesecake after that with all this other realignment. Like I, I'm done. I just can't do anymore. I can't handle anymore. I enjoyed it for the time it started. And then it just became, it just became overwhelming and, and my, my system's kicking it back. So I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost going back on it. This just feels Having Colorado come back was interesting because then I thought, okay, well, there will be one other team land, and that'll be that. All right, Colorado makes sense. But then it just turned into the four corner schools, and the Pac-12 is just basically dying on the vine with Washington and Oregon headed over to the Big Ten on top of all of that, which we hadn't mentioned yet either. <laughs> so let me – And it was just – it then it just became like, I don't like this anymore. This is really – uh, you know, Washington state is, we talked about them before, you know, they're getting the shaft, but now it's just, it's almost personal. It's just, it's really, it really stinks to be Washington state and Oregon state right now. And trying to pick up the pieces and see what's left. Cal doesn't give a shit. They're, they're not even paying attention. They don't know. Stanford just happened. Neither does Stanford. Yeah. I mean, a handful of them might, but yeah, the beavers and the cougars. Careful are very connected to 
you know, the, you know, how the, how the pack four is going to continue. I was, was, was going to say connected to what Michael. Um, so let I'll me let ask people's you, imaginations soar there and shame on y'all. Shame on, shame on anybody. You for left that there on purpose. You let that taking that. It was a, um, it was a pregnant we'll, pause. We'll look at the, at those schools individually really quickly here in a second. Um, I think I know where you land on this based on your, your, the statements you just made. What do you feel about the comments being made about the big 12 killing the pac 12? Oh, it's such, it's crap. It's t- complete and total crap. You know who killed the pac 12? Back to the big there. 10. <laughs> well, yeah, that's also true. No, literally anybody like you can point to any, except for maybe the, you ACC. can point to anybody, but anybody the, big else 12. Except the, big, for the big 12, like the big 12 to the, through, the SEC. Okay. So w- w- what did the SEC do? They took Texas and Oklahoma and, and, and forced our hand, right? Like we, we couldn't sit around because the PAC 12 wasn't getting anything done media deal wise. Like we couldn't let them beat us. Um, well, and then the that big goes 10, back to blaming it on them because the Big 12 tried to have some sort of alliance with the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 said no thank you, which was probably, in retrospect, the right move because that was Bowlesby's thing. But you and know what else Mark was decided, also a, no. a Bowlesby thing or a Bowlesby era was getting four Big 12 schools into the Pac-12. You know what, what that would have done? That would have sent the Big 12 into Mountain West territory or the American yes. territory. But you, you said, no, nah, we can't, we can't take Texas Tech and Oklahoma state. Their, ac- their academics suck. Well, I'm sure you'll have fun playing school out there against nobody. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, like but you, no. you can point to anybody else outside of the ACC. Anybody, anybody but the big 12. Yeah. Uh, the big 12 just saved a handful of teams that were, motivated enough to move um, and y'all know i'm not like a i'm not a rah-rah conference guy i really try not to be that and i, th- I think that just i think that's what's eating me up about it too because i don't want to root for you know look at the strength of our conference or whatever like i don't care i i want i want good tv contracts so that my school gets a good share of money that's great but i'm not looking at ratings of what, what? How many eyes does Utah bring to the table? I don't care. Someone else is doing that. Someone else is figuring that out. And I'm not going to gloat about whatever that we're going to own certain time time zone X or time zone Y or or whatever. It's it's yeah. It'll be a competitive conference. That's great. That's all you can ask for. And it's going to be full of teams and fans that actually enjoy sports and enjoy watching them. So. Yeah, you That's don't have great. any. You don't That's have what any, you can hope for. Yeah, you don't have any like weird, um, like I, I, I feel like you could point to like any other conference and point out a school like, well, do they care about athletics? Probably not. You can't say that in the, across the Big Twelve, especially the new Big Twelve. Like you, you look across to like every one of these programs, you're like they have a strong history, and just about any sport you can look at it, you find recent success, historical success. Um, commitments and passionate fan bases. Yeah. Yeah. Like anyways. So they 
Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado will be joining the Big 12 about this time next year in time for 2023 season. Um, I am interested to see how it all shakes out logistic-wise, like the breakup of the conference, what it's going to look like, pods, divisions. If anybody says 366 but says no to pods, that that that's the same nonsense that's that the pod guys that the sec was saying like, no, 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 we're going to yes. have three protected rivals. Like that's a pod. You a holes. Three, six, six is, is, is a, is a pod system. Um, no, no, people on the internet can't be right. Ah, this chair sucks. Um, no, it squeaks. Yeah, that does. It does that too. So, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado football last year sucked. Not good. Nine Not good, Bob. and 27 combined record. Uh, if you add in Utah, who went 10 and four, they then go 19 and 31. So those keeping score at home, Utah won more games than the other three combined. Than Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State did combined. Not See, that's that's where you're you know, that's when you start talking revenue and eyeballs and all that kind of stuff, because you can't say, well, we're bringing storied Arizona state university football here. And Hey, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm at Texas tech. I, I know that we've had a very rough decade. We talked about it all the time for six years on this podcast. So we were very we aware Covered the majority of that decade, but I mean, that's, yeah, so that's why, you know, tooting your horn on your conference strength is kind of, hey, th- it's, it's not necessarily like we're, you know, these, these teams are constantly in the, the hunt for a college playoff or something. That's fine. They're going to be competitive teams. They're going to be fan bases who enjoy going to games, watching games, seeing new teams come through. I mean, I'd imagine Boulder is going to be pretty packed when Texas Tech comes to town, when TCU comes to town. Well, actually, they were there last year. <laughs> yeah, never mind. I was like, I don't, I don't remember exactly but how packed it'll that be was. Better. But it'll you know, be Prime is a whole. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It'll be more interesting when it's a, a conference rival. You know, when UCF goes to Colorado, that'll be just kind of fun. That's just a good color scheme. Which team is which? A lot of black and gold. <laughs> yeah. Be beautiful. Um, but anyway, yeah, the the football prowess, not great right now. That's all subject to change. Perhaps being in the Big 12, getting a foot back into Texas can help change that. Uh, only up from here, really, for three of those four schools. And as we mentioned earlier, Utah's already ranked 14 or 15 in the preseason AP for what that's worth. So pretty good team there. Um I went a little bit further and, and looked at, not everybody has baseball. we mentioned that last week. Colorado doesn't. So I didn't even look up baseball, but women's basketball. But um, without them, that does bring the team, the conference back to an even number of baseball schools. That's true. Cause so I was baseball have, schools. Yeah. Correct. So uh, women's basketball, I just decided for men's and women's basketball, I'd look at PAC 12 standings and just kind of see where everybody landed. Utah was first place last year in the Pac-12. Props. Finished at the top, 27-5, and 15-3 in conference. 
Uh, women's basketball team in Colorado, 25 and 9, 13 and 5 in conference. We talked about them last week. They're number three. Yeah, they were third mm-hmm. in the conference. Fifth in the conference, Arizona, 22 and 10, 11 and 7. About like Tech did last year, <laughs> roughly. Oh, actually, I'm thinking men's. Sorry, guys. And then, yikes, Arizona State women's basketball, 8 and 20. One and seventeen in conference play, so been there, we've done that. Yeah, some uh, you know a way to go up there, but so three really solid programs in the top half of the conference already heading this way. Probably really excited to play some basketball, uh, men's basketball, some other really good teams as well. Almost like complete, it's a complete shuffle. Uh, Arizona was number two team in the Pac-12 last year, twenty-eight and seven, fourteen and six. In conference, Arizona State was number five, 23 and 13, 11 and nine in conference. Utah, number seven, 17 and 15, and even 10 and 10 in conference. And Colorado, number eight, 18, 17, and eight and 12 in conference. So, not, I would say that the women's basketball, even though Arizona State was last, you know, those, those three teams in the top half is really going to, uh, could cause some trouble in the Big 12 world. Men's basketball, Arizona and Arizona State, they have a lot, you know, especially Arizona, have a really storied program and uh, you know a lot of longevity there and success. So that's going to be exciting too. That I think that's something that if I stop thinking about just football and start looking at basketball, I do think I get more excited. I don't know what it is, but there's just something about adding these – these other teams and these other sports and and you know that you might get to play them multiple times. You might get to go home and away depending on how they work the schedules out. That's exciting too. So it makes me feel less icky about it all because there's a lot more than just football folks. So there's, I I haven't looked into the soccer programs, you know, I, I haven't looked at anything like that, but it does make me feel a little bit better to, to know that the excitement will just, continue on for the next several years as Texas Tech gets to play a lot of teams they haven't played before very often or haven't played since since the border conference days really or possibly really ever I'm not sure how many Texas Tech Utah matchups there have been in the histories of these schools I'm sure it's a very small number um, so there there is stuff to look forward to I'm not trying to just completely ruin anyone's high or someone who's really excited Sounds about all like the it. new conference activity. <laughs> I'm not trying to. I know I am. I realize I am. And so I'm trying to back off a little bit and let people have their fun. Enjoy some new teams. So speaking of Arizona basketball, uh, I went over to our friend Ken Palm. Uh, they were 11th to, to finish the season. They were a two seed. Um, around them, you know, Kansas was a was ninth. And a one seed Marquette was a 10, two seed. Um, West Virginia, 19. Baylor was 16. Kansas State, 21. So, like, they're going to step in and be like, they're going to add the top half yes. of the conference immediately. Um, yes. TCU was 25. Let's see. Uh, Where'd Arizona State land? They had to be a little bit higher. Arizona State was 55. UCF is 56. Really? Texas Tech was 63. So Colorado 70. 
Utah 75, BYU 77. So there you go. Mentioned uh, at the top of the show, season tickets are sold out this year for football in Lubbock. Congrats. Super exciting coming into the season. Um, I will mention basketball. I don't know. We said we wouldn't talk about any other sport, but <laughs> the um, basketball season tickets also sold out this week. So there's excitement growing for the men's team. Man, I completely missed that. All right. Fall camp underway. I already have a scrimmage in. Uh, before we get to returning production and age, uh, let's talk about fall camp updates. You want to do injuries first or just like first look or like some of the comments we've heard from availabilities and we want to do. Yeah. I mean, kind of, kind of just the comments, mainly what, uh, all I can bring to the table is what I've been able to watch of the Texas tech videos. It's not like I've been at practice analyzing players or anything, but you haven't. And even, even if I was, I would be really bad at it. But I, I, a couple of things I've just really enjoyed, which are basically not analytical things, but that's me. I like the, the 806 caps that they wore on day one. I thought that was a really nice touch. Was that enjoyed on? That. No, because they, they, they didn't start on Sunday. They started. They started Friday, I believe. Yeah. Thursday or Friday. So 806 would have been a couple of days later. Uh, yeah, it wasn't on 806. Is 806 like he was yes. meant to be built it, on a it lab? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, one of the things I took away from a lot of the interviews I kind of skimmed through and read or listened to, and I know I'm getting sucked in, Spencer. So just here we go. Just take take it for what it is. I'm getting pulled into the season. My expectations are growing because of the videos I'm seeing, because of the, the things I'm hearing. And, you know, the coaches just continue to mention that they, one of the biggest improvements on the team is in the strength and speed of the team. Some of its new players coming in that mm-hmm. have gotten faster or, you know, have gotten the team faster or players who were there last year who have just gotten faster themselves. They're just getting stronger. They're getting bigger. I mean, everything is going up, and I'm sure 90% of the other coaches in the country are saying the same thing, but these are my guys in Lubbock, Texas, and in the background is the Jones AT&T Stadium crane, and I'm like, yeah, okay. These, they mean it. So, I mean, I've, I've really been kind of getting pulled into that. Um, I watched the first episode of The Brand, which focused a lot on Tyler Shuck, Completely bought in on him. Uh, I made a bet for a friend in Vegas for him to win the Heisman. No, no. Did I do that? You know, I don't think he had. I think that was someone else that actually made that bet. And now I'm like, yeah, that's probably a pretty good bet. Pretty good chance. It's like 300 to one or something. I forgot what it was. But one of the things that stuck out with me the most was Joe McGuire saying just to his team at the end of practice, and this isn't a direct quote, but it's pretty darn close. But he said, no team in the country can tackle us for four quarters. And I really in- enjoyed that concept, the thought of an offense having that kind of swagger 
going in from their head coach and who just knows that they're going to wear them down. Like, like he said last year, was it against Texas? It's like, I told you they were going to break and they did. Mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of a different way of saying the same thing. It's, it's motivating and it's effective. Yeah. Um, I had something to add there and now I can't remember what I was going to say. Never mind. I really want to see it too deep, though. Uh, yeah, I, I would like like an official like, hey, this is this is who we're rolling with, and I, I get some of that's going to be changed by by injuries and, and when people are returning. Um, well, and probably players are still fighting for spots too. I'm sure there's some of them that's that are. True. It's only been one neck one and scrimmage. neck. Yeah, and we're still. Uh, I just, I'm just, I'm just saying it because I, I mean, it's the 15th of August when we record this. Yeah, I know that they're not going to put one out tomorrow or something, but I mean, I just, I would like. Don't one. know. No, that's true. They could be like, um, Michael, here is your too deep. It's just for you. So I don't even know what, I didn't know you had that button. I got all kinds of buttons, man. Like if I had some, like, like some list of questions to ask you, I would just be like, all right, let's start from the top. That one's a little, why, little why difficult to, to use, hear. Why would you use that one? Because it's better than this one. Oh, that's the helium. That's the helium filter. Yeah, the chipmunk Anyways. filter. Oh, I have a sensor in case we we get really out of control. Oh man, I need that actually. All right, I've I don't chastise a few times. I was like, like, I'm taking my kid to school and. Michael just dropped a, an S-bomb. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry, everybody. Near most. I'm um, better than Roy Kent. Way better than Roy. Ted Lasso reference? No? No good? Oh, I haven't seen Ted Lasso. But at least I know we're, who that is, Kyle, who has absolutely no grasp on current. Taking shots. Not current I've, events, um, but uh, entertainment and pop pop culture. Pop culture. There it is. That's what the kids call it these days. They call it the pop culture. Pop, pop. Um, all right, so I, I mentioned injuries. Uh, we did hear that Nehemiah Martinez should be back fairly soon. He uh, sustained a facial fracture, non-football-related, but football-related. It wasn't an injury during a practice. Um, may miss the first game. Uh, Koi Eakin... Uh, outside receiver, maybe even competing for a starting spot out there. Uh, slightly broke. I don't, I don't know how to say that. It broke a collarbone. It wasn't as severe as Shucks, um, but they did go ahead and have surgery and placed uh, the rod, not the rod, the plate in there to stabilize it. Um, we'll be back after missing a couple of games. Um, but if he was really competing to be out there, you know, as a starter, um, you know, he'll, he'll be able to work back into that and then uh, into the rotation because outside is, it looks like it's going to be um, Bradley on one side, uh, Jordan Brown, Koi Eakin, and J.J. Sparkman will be your four outside guys. Inside will be Miles Price, Nehemiah Martinez when he comes back, uh, McCray, and... Xavier White still here? <laughs> That's bad. 
I know Price for sure is. Um, yes, yes, Xavier White's still here. All right. Of course he is because we're talking about how old how old this team is, and he's been here for – He's a super senior. A decade. Um, but let, let's talk about that real quick, okay? Uh, we, we mentioned it last week a little bit, but – or last time. The uh, – the, we'll start with the offense. It's actually going to be younger on offense than they are on defense in terms of college football years of experience. This is projected starters. This hasn't been like um, officially announced because there hasn't been a, a two deep released. But obviously, Shuck is going to be your quarterback. This is it'll be his fifth year. Uh, Taj Brooks at running back is four. Loic Fungi will be in his fourth year. I forgot to mention Fungi in that list of receivers. Oh yeah, yeah, he's um, going to be on the outside. Price, four years. Bradley, the youngest, at three. Uh, tight end, Baylor Cup, at five. Then your offensive line is just super old. Monroe Mills at four. Uh, Spencer at seven. Stats at six. Wilburn at six. Rogers at four. You have some gray hair along that offensive line. Bring it. That's good. Average age in terms of how many years of college football, 4.8 years in that group of starters. Um, defense, defensive line, edge, Miles Cole, six years. Nose tackle, Jalen Hutchings, six years. Defensive tackle, Tony Bradford, five years. Outside linebacker, Steve Linton, five years. Uh, Josiah Pierre is going to be moved into an inside linebacker position. Uh, this will be his fifth year. Middle linebacker, Jacob Rodriguez, will be his third year. Young, but apparently been super impressive uh, building off of his success last season as he was rotating in with Kosai and uh, Krishan. Your star, so one of your your defensive backs, safety hybrids, the transfer from San Diego State, CJ Baskerville, Baskerville, three years. Uh, Your two starting cornerbacks are both super seniors going into their sixth year of college football in Rashad Williams and Malik Dunlap. And then safeties, uh, Dadrian Taylor Demerson, or Rabbit, five years. Tyler Owens, Texas transfer, five years. Average age of those guys across the board, it's five years. So I hate to like look ahead, um, but what that tells me though, Michael, is that next year we're going to be pretty young and inexperienced. So this year may be the time to strike. Make some noise. There you go. Well, that's what they were talking about in in the in the brand episode. Is just laid out Big Twelve Championship. That's the goal this year. That's the expectation. Yeah, I, I know. That's, I, I think they're I think they're going to be disappointed if they don't get that, or at least get really close to it. Be competing for be it. That's what uh, McGuire said at media days. He said, "Hey, at, at the end of the season, stand up." Give yourself a, a round of applause. Now sit down. We, we didn't we didn't accomplish our goals, <laughs> which was getting to the conference championship game, uh, and th- and they weren't close. But um, that's still a goal that they have, and they're they're working towards it. They're improving on the previous year when they the team went seven and six. This past year they went eight and five. Um, returning production was a thing that I, I was looking into. And I was talking to Michael about this before we recorded. I was hoping to see a little bit of a stronger correlation between uh, your returning production, number of players, and their their impact on the team from last year, how much that's going to be back, translating into wins. Uh, and that just wasn't the case. What I did see, though, was 
um, there were certain thresholds of returning production that would then have a correlation to your S and P plus performance. S and P plus obviously is going to be a, a metric that will uh, balance out how well your your offensive defense performs against a, uh, your opponents, but weighted across the different conferences and different teams. So if you put up 100 points against St. Mary's School of the Blind, it doesn't really count as much as if you put up a 10 points against Florida State on the road type thing. As your obviously as your returning production goes up, your impact on your S and P plus goes up. Ultimately, S and P plus should be a indicator of overall team performance, but that won't capture or you won't see things like luck in there or turnovers or injuries or Texas Tech flipping a switch and being able to, to push all the right buttons on fourth down. Um, that's not accurately captured there. So returning production does have a positive impact um, on teams. And I wanted to show you, tell you about Big 12 teams and the two non-conference Power 5, Group of 5 um, opponents on your schedule this year. So we're going to go through a bunch of teams and talk about returning production as a whole, not go into deep detail about uh, offensive returning and defensive returning. Kansas leads this list. 85%. A lot of it's coming back on offense. I, I, I know I just said I wasn't going to go into, into detail there, but they're returning probably the best quarterback running back combination in the conference. That's got a lot to do with it. Uh, Wyoming next on this list, 83% returning. Now granted while returning and their impact isn't mean that they're going to, they're going to, you know, finish the year in this order, right? Cause like Kansas won seven games last year. Uh, and this could lead to an improvement. Um, that doesn't mean they're going to finish first. Texas, 74% returning. Uh, good for 19th in the country. Big drop off here. Oregon would be fourth, 65% returning. Texas Tech right there at 64th with 64% returning. Um, and this number doesn't represent number, like a percentage in terms of just players. Uh, Bill Connolly over at ESPN has a very specific formula, how it works out. Um, so like, for example, on offense, it is a balance of wide receiver and tight end receiving yards, quarterback passing yards, offensive line snaps, and running back rushing yards. All weighted a little bit differently based on their impact on the game. Um, and that will give you your score of returning production percent. So you say like, well, Spencer, like Texas Tech are returning a bunch of guys from last year. Yeah, they are. And it only says 64%. I know because it's talking about impact on the games rather than bodies in the two deep. Um, West Virginia, 66th with 64%. Iowa State, big asterisk here. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Iowa State may be returning very, very little from last year after their uh, betting scandal, which we'll talk about in just a minute. BYU, they were up in the first or second place in terms of returning production a year or two ago. Um, and this is where it actually broke my, 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 my line of thinking here. They actually underperformed 
based on how much they brought back. That's also something that this doesn't capture. It's just quality of coaching. Um, not that I'm saying Sataki is a bad coach. Just that. That's, no, that's exactly what you said. I don't know him. And I don't want to take shots at him. <laughs> okay. Not like Neil, K-N-E-E-L Brown. There it is. Kansas State. So we talked about off-air, but the, a team that's likely to regress based on just returning production alone. Kansas State here. They are one, two, three, four. Well, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seventh in the conference in terms of returning production. On a team that won the conference, um, but they're returning a lot of key pieces, uh, namely like running back. I know they're going to have to re- replace some offensive line which I think is the biggest chunk. Um, they don't have the star wide receiver. They've got Will Howard, which should kind of study the offense a little bit in terms of returning production, but we'll see there. Oklahoma at 77 with 62%. Houston, Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU, good for 118th in the country in terms of returning production. They are replacing just about everybody on offense. Um, Cincinnati, I, I missed UCF. They are 51st. So they are, they would be Kansas, Wyoming, Texas, UCF, then Oregon in terms of returning production. Again, another piece where I think they could step in, uh, as they are returning some, some big pieces on their team, continue to add depth and age and experience. They could come in and compete. So yeah, I wanted to have some like big breakthrough here and I don't know why I thought I was going to be the one to do it, but returning production plays a part, but not a direct connection. It's, it's not the, it's not an absolute correlation necessarily between a team's success. Cause you go on to show there's relationship, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, you did some comparisons and you've touched on some of it, but like uh why about this whole spreadsheet wins yeah no i know but based on uh you know the change from 2021 to 2022 there were teams that had oh let's see returning production you know minus 48 percent and then they lost three games three more games which kind of makes sense you know that kind of rings true then you'd have a team that had, uh, let's see, like 18% of their returning production come back. And it was a team called Kansas, and they well, they won four more games than they did the year before. So it, it just kind of unfortunately didn't have a correlation that, that was as striking as you'd want. And some of it was just kind of up and down because, like you said, it doesn't account for coaching and, you know, a, a few other factors on on top of that. So like like another um, extreme here, exception, TCU returned 3% yeah. more than they did the year before. Um, but that correlated for them into eight more wins, whereas West Virginia returned 25% less, lost four more games. Oregon returned 23% less, stayed the same. Zero difference. Yeah. No change in wins. Baylor brought back 14% less. 
lost six more games. BYU brought back 57% more, lost two more games. Like it just, there wasn't a, a more direct correlation there, even relationship, but it's, it's related tangentially through production. But yeah, anyways, speaking of producing, Michael, Iowa State, uh, man, they are, they're feeling it. I, I, I hate to like pile on because um, we heard about Hunter Deckers. Uh, they're, they're still awaiting word on what their punishment may be. And what's unfortunate is uh, at least the, the, the two guys I, I, I've seen in Hunter Deckers and then a defensive lineman, uh, Isaiah Lee, they did place wagers on Iowa State football games. Um, but like for I, Isaiah Lee, I think he did one game where he participated in. And it was a month, a money line bet on Texas to win that game in 2021 that Iowa State ended up winning 30 to 7. And Lee participated in the game and made one tackle. So it's not like he was a, a huge participant in the game. And it wasn't that he made a bet and then uh, ended up making money off of it. This article says he is alleged, Isaiah Lee is alleged to have made 115 bets for $885. Michael, yeah, I already like, did the math. Yeah, okay. $7.70 a bet, basically. He, he's not betting to make money here. He's doing it entertainment and for, for fun, right? Like, it's not like he's got this, this group of athletes across different schools in the conference that have some kind of network. Like, okay, hey, like, uh, are you guys going to be without your starting quarterback? This, like, is there something I need to know? I mean, it looks like a, like a group of Iowa State players, athletes that got wrapped up in this for fun. But I don't know, like the, the punishment doesn't seem to fit what they did. Well, let me say the, the, the top end potential of the punishment, punishment, potential because yeah. they, they could get lifetime bans. They could like yes. not even just like lose their eligibility for this year or be suspended. They could just never be able to play football again. I think that it would be extremely excessive for at least Deckers and Isaiah Lee that like, I think between the two of them, one bet was placed on a game that they participated in. Uh, and even then he, he didn't, he didn't financially benefit from that. So like you can't, you can't claim there was any kind of, uh, throwing or like they wasn't trying to impact the game to make some money. But correct. It, I mean, but like you said, several key pieces on their offense or on their team this year, because whether or not they they hear back on it, they're going to be, they're indefinitely suspended. Isaiah Lee actually left the team. So maybe we're close to to knowing um, more what this is going to be about, or or maybe Lee's punishment because he did bet on on a game he played in, it would be more severe than, than Deckers. But I don't know. I'm not, I look at this a couple of ways. Surely it was discussed. Um, you know, a lot of these guys have, they made, they didn't bet under their name. So I think they knew that they probably shouldn't be doing what they were doing, but then they did it anyway. So there's part of 
part of you thinking, well, I mean, you've got to, you got to stand up to that and you've got to own, own up to it. But like you said, Spencer, I mean, I think Decker's one of them over like 300 something bets had $3,000 in the game. You know, they, they it was like $10 maybe $10 bets. Yeah. I mean, it, it was still a crazy amount of bets to me. I mean, I'm sure someone listening was that the, go, uh, well, the, that's not crazy. The player from Iowa. Oh, maybe so. Maybe I'm getting them confused, but Either way, because I, I, I think De- Deckers was the same thing. Like, he had, a, like, a handful of bets, a very low amount of money wagered. It's like, nobody's doing this to make money or to... They're not doing it to, to make lots of money. Um, right. I, I think the biggest and, and thing... And they're... Like you said, it's 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 for entertainment purposes and probably for bragging rights just amongst their friends because they, they were obviously all on these, you know, FanDuel or DraftKings or whatever, and they probably knew who each other were and we're just trying to get higher in the pecking order or higher on the, the amount of correct bets just amongst themselves. But it could be like, like their, their version of like a, a fantasy league. Yes. Yes. And it's really just hard to stomach when, and I guess it's not necessarily the NCAA so much that promotes this, but all of the channels that, show the NCAA product are just flooded with bet yeah. MGM sports, mm-hmm. um, you know, Caesars, FanDuel, DraftKings. Those commercials are just everywhere. There's tickers with lines. There's lines all over the place. And this was the goal, right? This was the goal was to get the kind of the passive guy into sports betting. The guy who's going to make $8 bets when he normally wouldn't and, you know, just give, give something for people to do and hopefully not be harmful. And that's kind of sounds like what a lot of these guys did is they didn't, at least the money that they've tracked and have tracked down to them. Doesn't seem like it was a problem or it was just like you said, for entertainment. So I, it's hard to swallow the world in which we live in where just everything you look at has some sort of line shows who's favored shows, Mm-hmm. you know, there's a fantasy aspect to something and fantasy is tied with money now. And even NCAA brackets, those are tied with money and people enter 50 brackets and try to win a trip to Aruba or whatever. I don't know, but it's, it is a rule. It's I'm sure these guys were told not to do this and they did it anyway, but almost how can you not, how can you blame them? They've just been inundated with this, nonchalant attitude towards betting, which I think is kind of how it should be looked at. I know it's like anything else. It can ruin some people's lives. It can ruin families. It can do a lot of things that other things we can legally go by can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's, it's the cat's out of the bag now. And, and it's, you can't expect to have it both ways. You can't expect the, the kids who enjoy playing this game, who enjoy, who are competitive kids who want to show, look, I knew Bama was going to lose by seven. You idiot. I put $3 on them or, or whatever, you, you know, to show the, the, you know, their, their teammate that they, I knew it, man. I knew that was going to happen. That's part of the camaraderie. That's part of the competitive spirit of a lot of these athletes 
D1, D2, D3, everybody. It doesn't matter the sport either. They're competitive people, competitive men and women. Mm-hmm. And so they want to win, and, and they would want to win at this too. And it's just, I, I don't think it's worth, I don't, I don't think it's worth a, a big lifetime ban um, or anything like that. But I'm afraid that's what it's going to be. I think they may have to do that for a couple of these guys and then walk it back for the next group, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there on, on the, the, the hypocrisy of like we sell ad space to these organizations, but then like I, I, I would understand there being limits on not betting on your yourself or your team, right? But even then, like I have a hard time like it, it would be very difficult for a singular player on a team to impact a game that way. Right. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it, especially it's if you're possible, but sure. But if you're the person, if, if you're not playing that much and you're on a 55 man roster and you know, you're not going to be playing much, you, you probably don't think it's that big of a deal, even though by the letter, by the letter of the law, it, it really is. It's really, a, really a big deal to wager on yourself, even if it is $7 and 70 cents. Oh man, it just stinks. I I really stinks for these guys because I'm afraid a handful of them will be made an example of, and then everyone will see how ridiculous that is. And then they'll walk it back so that that doesn't happen again or to that extent, it won't happen again. Yeah. All right. You want to wrap this up with what do we learn? Yes. Let's do it. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. That wasn't me. I did not hit the, the sensor on that button. Did not this hit the sensor button that time. Uh, I will start, Michael. Have you ever heard of, and this is probably, this is probably super specific to communications, and I'm, I'm sorry. Have you ever heard of a principle called smart brevity? No, but I probably need to invest some time into learning this principle. So one of our, our system directors uh, has some kind of connection with them. And it's, it, the, it's, a, it's a communication firm, uh, Axios, developed this in, in conjunction with somebody else too. But um, essentially smart brevity is a way, it's a, it's a way of thinking and, and writing that... Um, changes a lot of, of what we do in our, our day-to-day writing. And I know this, like, again, if you don't write for work, your, your, your eyes are just glazing over you. You couldn't care less. But I nerded out, man. We had a, we had a system-wide communications call on this last week, and I was like, like this is awesome. I want to do this here at, at, at my, my place of work, um, you know, in our, our little slice of heaven that is West Texas. Uh, essentially, it is like you write descriptively to make sure that like if somebody scans it, they still get the same information. And you're not trying to, you're not trying to be clickbaity. You're not trying to be like eye grabbing attention. You know, you're not going for read this, these five top tips to keep you alive. No, like you, you write it in the sense of like, 
if they read the headline and they read the subhead, they know what they're going to get into when they, when they read the article. And when they open the article, it, you're going to lead off with what's changed, why the reader needs to know it, and then give them the more supporting information or links out to it. But like, I don't know, it would be a huge shift for us. I got super nerded out by it. I, I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> uh, I talked to my boss about it uh, today. And she's like, well, I, I know there's a book. Do you want to you get the book? I was like, yeah, I ordered the book. It's here. Sorry, it's here already. Which means I, I talked to her yesterday because it arrived today. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to read the book. Uh, not a long book. Uh, this also the people that. Well, that makes sense. Introduced like putting uh, estimated read times on articles. So like if you open an article and it says estimated read time is like five minutes. Like, oh, I've got five minutes. Or it's like three minutes. Sure, I can do that. 20 minutes. I need to, to, to carve out some time to, to make sure I can get through yeah, this. Yeah, like I still want to read this, but I don't want to get seven minutes into it and then go, gosh, I don't have time for that. Yeah, like, ah, uh, this is I have longer. I have done that type of thing b- before, yeah. Or like, yeah, you just, you end up like checking out. It's like, this is longer. I, I'm, I'm no longer interested. Yeah, I was not prepared for this, yes. One of the things I think is really interesting, and this is stupid, again, because it's super specific to my, my line of work, uh, it actually should cut down on one of the big, key indicators that we track how well like content performs and it's a click-through rate so like if i if i show you a headline and a subhead and then a link to the rest of the article the goal is my goal previously has been to get you to click on that link and go read the, the full article but smart brevity says if you're writing it correctly they shouldn't really like very few people should be going to that link like you should be putting enough information in it that they don't have to it's like, well, we're going to have to figure out a new metric yeah. to track these things. How do you metric? Yeah. How do you go? Well, why didn't you click the link? Well, because I the blurb was perfect. Yeah. So that's one thing in my work life that I'm I'm nerding out about the past week. So what well, I've been pondering. Learned? I've been pondering this question that my daughter who's six, she's headed into first grade tomorrow. <laughs> School starts tomorrow, man. I know. Or but, today, uh, depending on when you listen to this. Yeah, depending on when or you're yesterday. Listening. So she was talking to my wife the other day and just randomly asked her, is there another me in the future right now? And I thought, <laughs> there's so many different layers of that question right now. <laughs> is, is there? Is, I don't know. I, is, is, is my daughter going to be a philosopher someday? She couldn't tell you what day of the week it is right now, probably. But she asked that question. <laughs> so it did make us... And, and what was funny was my wife, when she texted me that, she said, if only she knew how often I've thought that myself. <laughs> She's like, how do I answer this? I said, I don't know. She was giving her a bath or something. She's like, I, I, I don't even know how to function. I don't know how to finish. What do we do now? <laughs> What do we do the rest of the day? Do we just sit and think about this? Like, no, no, no. Just is this a question anyway. that like a, a future physicist asks? Like, <laughs> I know. Is there another me in the future right now? It, mm, yes, I think future the answer is yes. Right now, like I, I'm having a hard time. Right, like, what does that even mean? Like, how, how do I put that, yeah. those those three words together? Future right now. Yeah, and it's like you, you you could just be like, well. It was a six-year-old saying it, and they don't know what they're talking about. Questions like this are what, like, 70-year-old physicists who've been looking at this for 
<laughs> 55 years of their life would ask. So you're like, so anyway, I learned, I learned that. Yeah. Kind well, the other thing mind. I was going to talk about was it was school starts. So you have a first grader. I have a fourth grader. Uh, it's his birthday today Godspeed. on the 15th. Oh, wow. Nine. Yeah, that's right. His birthday's right at the schools. That's right. Uh, also, friend of the show, Dan, his birthday's today. He and my oldest son share a birthday. Happy birthday, hey, Dan. Hey, happy birthday, Dan. Um, yeah, school starts. Fourth grader, he will be at elementary school one more year, which is wild. It is wild. Ours is we we did the open house thing and we did that Monday. Yep. And it went fine. I mean it went as well as it could. My little one, she's like she's probably like a lot of y'all's kids or a lot of people's kids around anyone remotely different or not different. Someone she doesn't interact with a lot. She just goes like stone quiet, shy around people. Mm-hmm. Um but then, you know, obviously when you're just one-on-one with her or you're in the car with her, she's talking your leg off. And, of course, she's always that way with us. Yeah. But, same. you know, anytime – so we were taking her to her teacher and introducing her. And the whole time I was like, I promise my kid talks. And she will interact. And it's just – she's not doing it right now. I didn't say that to the teacher or anything. I was like – just in my head I was thinking, this is fine. She's just taking it all in. Yeah, but, we were uh, – oh, Go ahead. I was going to say, at, at, our, at our open house, meet the teacher thing on Monday, we were having a uh, manners discussion with Grayson because he was he was too cool to be with us. He's, he's already getting into that. Um, oh, no. So it, was, it was a mix of being like too cool to interact with his friends and people that were trying to talk to him or just shy. But Samantha was like, hey, you need to match their energy. If they come to like, hey, man, what's up? Then you can be like, Cause like everyone would come like, Hey, Grace, I would love to see you. And he's like, Hey, Hey, <laughs> they're like, no, no, no. You need to match their energy. Like if they come all excited, you need to return it. Because if you don't like you could inadvertently be offensive and telling them like, like you don't care about that person or they they think you're rude or mean, all kinds of stuff. When really you just need to match, match them, man. And it'll, it'll, just it'll it. even out. It just takes a second. You need to like calibrate there. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we we're like, dude. And then he got really excited to see some of his friends that would be in his class. He didn't. We didn't know for so sure how many of his friends are going to be in his class. But he's, I think fourth grade has six teachers at this school, so they're yeah. a bunch. Um. Obviously, they're they're gonna have the same like music and PE and art teacher. But, um. The other thing we, we got there, we're like, oh, we're looking for Miss S, her, her, you know, her name. Like, oh, she's in this room. And we looked over, like, we turned around, like, well, we were, we thought so, but that has a different name on the door. Oh, well, she, she got married. Well, then why didn't you update her name oh. in the system? <laughs> yeah. Like, how, how long does it take to update a person's name? Like, I don't know. Like, the schedule has her maiden name on it. Well, that's but, confusing everything like on the door and all of her stuff, which I, I guess she, she's just excited to go by her new name, which great. Do it. That's, that's obviously whatever. But it was like, I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> you the paperwork says this name, 
like I feel like most weddings are planned pretty far out in advance that yeah. <laughs> these adjustments could have been made beforehand. Also, he's going to be riding the bus home, which is going to open up a lot of time in our afternoons. But they're like, you should have a bus assignment by now. I was like, I haven't heard about it yet. School starts tomorrow. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> well, I learned I learned two more quick food things. Absolutely. Bring us back to our roots. Bringing us back. We've got it. We've got to at least touch on some food a little here. So and end it here. Land it here. Tri-tip remains undefeated, folks. Still haven't tried it. Even, even when I slightly overcook it, which I'm mm. prone to do. I don't know why. I had a thermometer in there and it was like 128. It started beeping. I was like, okay, this is, I'm going to go out and I'm going to take it off the smoker. Or I had it on the Weber kettle. doesn't matter. But I was cooking it indirectly. And I was like, oh man, this is going to be a, probably by the time it rests, it'll be a medium and I'll, I can live with that. Yeah. Parts of it were medium. <laughs> It was really medium well, if I'm being generous. Mm. The, 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 the ends were closer to well, but because it's such a versatile piece of meat, it still was delicious. What do you do with it? We ate every bit of it. Um, I basically cook it like a huge steak. So while the charcoal is warming up, I, what I did this time was I used a little bit of olive oil as a binder. So it was just, and we have this giant thing, Costco sized thing of Montreal steak seasoning that, oh, that I'm working my way through. <laughs> I convinced my wife to buy it like two years ago, at least maybe three. When you finish that bottle, get Red Ritter meat steak seasoning. I love their steak seasoning. Okay. I absolutely do, but I am out and I have this gigantic okay. thing of, no, you're absolutely right. I have, I think the last tri tip I did, I used the last of my Red oh. Ritter. Well, red red steak seasoning. So anyway, I just I just did that and then um I basically seared it real quick direct on the direct directly on the coals, probably about four minutes total. And then um I just set it off to the side as far away from the coals as I could get. And it took about forty five minutes to come up to temp after that, maybe forty. And then I just slice it really thin. Like a like a big sirloin steak, basically, and so it it really turns out well because then you can you can have people because it's a weird cut of meat. So my goal is to try to get the middle of the biggest cut to be a medium rare, because then I know that it will be cooked more on the edges, and so that if you have some people over there who aren't really into medium rare, there's going to be whether you want it or not a medium well part of this tri-tip somewhere probably so anyway i'm still working on on getting that down a little bit better and then i also made i made some pulled pork and it was just not very good uh, and usually i usually i inject my pulled pork and maybe i mm. i took the lazy way out this time and i was like i just don't feel like injecting it and so i didn't and i think it suffered because of it so <laughs> i don't i don't know never injected my pork butts before one, I want to go back to try tip for a second. Is it is it a small enough cut that you could sous vide it? Could you vacuum seal this well, bad boy, sous vide, and then just pull it out, rest it, and then sear it real quick? I think so. I think so. It's basically, I would say, well, it's two pounds. 
So it's kind of like a smaller chuck roast okay, or something like that. So, um, man, I wish I still had one. I'm going to go to Raider Red Meats and get another one because that's, that that's the them? best place in town to get them. Okay. Yes. That, just know that they are frozen there. So don't buy them with the intent of cooking it that day. Um, so, but, but that's also great for us because, you know, usually I'm buying a few things when I go there. So I just throw it all in the freezer when I get home anyway. But it's, yeah, it was like two pounds. I bet you could sous vide it if the, if you got a decent sized bag, but I've never experimented with sous vide that much, but that, I think that'd be a great way to do it Okay, because then that would probably get it. Man, and then you could just sear it on your. You have a blackstone now, right? Mm-hmm. You could probably just do that. I don't know if I would fire that up just to sear something. I'd, I'd probably still do charcoal because uh, I don't know why why that that makes a difference. But probably because I don't have to. I don't have to clean the grill like I would have to clean the the blackstone. Well, that's what I was wondering. I was like, man, firing up the blackstone would be way easier than It'd be faster dealing with charcoal than, than the grill. Yeah. But but then the cleanup and everything, I don't consider that. Yeah, I do very. I do, Whenever I'm done with my charcoal, I just close all the vents and go inside, mm-hmm. do nothing, and then scrape I do the nothing grill until the next the next yeah, time you start it. The next time, <laughs> yes, <laughs> get some olive or some canola oil or something, and maybe never, oil the grates. If I'm if I'm feeling industrious, I don't do that every time. Never put oil in the grates. The never only time that. I do oil, or the only time maybe. I insist on doing oil, is when I'm doing chicken, because it mm-hmm. just even with oil it sticks. I can't. You know, and I'm 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 so concerned about overcooking chicken. So I'm concerned with undercooking it probably chicken. more than I should. Oh well, that's probably a better thing to be concerned with. Um, okay, so you said you inject your pulled pork. What are you What are you injecting with? It's like a mixture of uh, table salt, water, Worcestershire sauce, and apple juice. Okay, and never done that that sounds fantastic I think there's though. a little bit more well and i think that's that's what i'm hung up on is because i went to a class at outdoor chef years ago and that was their method and so i do that and then i use a seasoning that i love that's a mustard-based seasoning on the outside and then that's it so i didn't inject it this time but you know, I went, I came back from that class. I'd made my first pulled pork. I injected it. I did everything just like, like they said, and it was great. And I've done it. I don't know how many times since then. And it was great. And then every now and then I'll kind of change it up or do something different. And it's not very good. And I'm like, man. And then I just, I just keep thinking there's gotta be, I don't, I know not everybody injects this. And Mm-mm. so I don't, I know. And I know it's, it's in the, I'm in the minority of people who, who mess with that. But it does give it a lot of what's great is when you do wrap and foil or something, which I usually do. Then when it comes time to pull it and stuff, all those juices you've injected, a lot of them are still in there. And so you almost have your own little sauce. So you don't really need to like sauce it or anything when you put it after you've pulled it. Mm. All those juices is just there and you just pour the juices back over the pork and you kind of have your own little sauce to keep it from drying out a little bit while you're waiting for people to come over or whatever. So when we started our little, uh, our, our diet change, we've been just, we've been 
we have been shopping the meat sales at the grocery stores. We ended up with like Sunday morning. We ended up with Sunday morning's the time to go. <laughs> three pork butts somehow. Um, two like two of them are still in the freezer. And I, I was telling Samantha the other day, I was like, like we we, we were talking about like, well, what should we have for dinner uh, this week? I was like, you know what sounds really good? Some pulled pork sandwiches. A little bit of sauce, but some pickles. Oh, give me give me on one of those. I, I I may I may need you to to send me the the ratios here on these ingredients so I can try an injection. Oh yeah, I can do that. Especially with the uh, the Worcestershire. Yes, the it's not parent. much. But that's yeah. good stuff. It's not it's not a much to Worcestershire, but Worcestershire. they also, you know, the way the class was, which is great. It was they they encouraged you to experiment with different juices if you wanted to do something different. But I've just always done apple because that's usually. I'll have some around usually, but uh, you know, they said pineapple's good. Uh, I was thinking pineapple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I forgot what one of the other ones was. Uh, maybe you could even do mango or something like that, but I don't know about that. Okay. Anywho, I can hook you up. I can hook you up with that okay. one. If you want to try, try a little something and do something different. All right. That'll do it for us here on the 23 personal podcast. We are inching closer to the start kickoff of the 2023 football season. Getting you geared up, ready to go for game one in Laramie at Wyoming, the Cowboys. Stick around. We will have our previews and predictions for the rest of the Big 12 Text Tech next week. For Michael, I'm Spencer, and we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.